Hey everybody, Sean Rosenstiel here. Welcome to the next video in the series on Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I can't believe we've made it this far. I can't believe we're on chapter 13, The Brain. And we touched upon a little bit <clears throat> about the brain in the last chapter when we talked about chapter 12, The Subconscious Mind. Um, if you're just coming in now, the whole goal of this video series is to really help you integrate and deeply apply these 13 principles in your own life. So we're going off of Think and Grow Rich from Tribeca Books. The link to grab it on Amazon is below. There's also a success guide that has all of my key points as well as the mind map and also some thought-provoking questions you can use as journaling exercises to help you really integrate this and implement these principles in your own life. So grab that below if you haven't already. So some of these later chapters, right? Subconscious mind, the brain, sixth sense. We're getting into some pretty fascinating stuff here and it always blows my own mind that Napoleon wrote this nearly a hundred years ago and that so many of the greats in business, the Carnegies, the Fords, the Edisons, the Barneses, they were tuned into some of this stuff. I mean, it's just fascinating to me. Now with the advent of fMRI machines and you know psychology and so many of the things today that we have based on research, study and, and technology, a lot of this stuff is you know becoming more normal, <laughs> being accepted a little bit more. But the fact that he was writing about the subconscious mind and the brain and the sixth sense so many years ago, it's just mind boggling for me. Anyways, let's get moving here and talk about some of what I feel are the six, or I'm sorry, the couple key points here in the brain. I don't know if I have six of them, maybe I do. I think there's more like five, but first key point here is broadcasting principle. I'm on page 187. He says that every human brain is both a broadcasting and receiving station for the vibration of thought through the medium of the ether in a fashion similar to that employed by the radio broadcasting principle. Every human brain is capable of picking up vibrations of thought which are being released by other brains. The creative imagination is the receiving set of the brain which receives thoughts released by the brains of others. It is the agency of communication between one's conscious or reasoning mind and the four sources from which one may receive thought stimuli. And I'm gonna go on to page 188 here. Napoleon continues, the subconscious mind is the sending station of the brain through which vibrations of thought are broadcast. The creative imagination is the receiving set through which vibrations of thought are picked up from the ether. So at the end of the last video, we talked about how at the end of the last chapter, the subconscious mind, which is what that last video covered, we talked about this radio principle. So we're not gonna go into this again, but I think it's just so genius of Napoleon to, to create that an analogy here and to you know, liken our brains and how our conscious mind and subconscious mind works and how it communicates with other minds, but also infinite intelligence, as he calls it here, he creates that metaphor for the radio broadcasting station, which I'll talk about in, uh, more in a minute, but we covered that a little bit last video. So make sure you check that out, uh, the video on chapter 12, the subconscious mind, if you haven't already. So next key point here, stepped up. I'm on page 187. He says, when stimulated, 
or stepped up to a high rate of vibration, the mind becomes more receptive to the vibration of thought, which reaches it through the ether from outside sources. This stepping up process takes place through the positive emotions or the negative emotions. Through the emotions, the vibrations of thought may be increased, right? So really important for us to understand that through the emotions or through feeling, we can increase or decrease, right? The vibrations of our thought. So pretty neat thought there. And again, we talked about this at a little bit greater length in the last video, but we're gonna talk a little further on this stepping up idea. I'm on page 188. Next key point is feeling. When the brain is vibrating at a rapid rate, it not only attracts thoughts and ideas released by other brains through the medium of the ether, but it gives to one's own thoughts that feeling, which is essential before those thoughts will be picked up and acted upon by one's subconscious mind. The broadcasting principle is the factor through which you mix feeling or emotion with your thoughts and pass them on to your subconscious mind. So feeling or emotion is that 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 action, that, that driver of action to your subconscious mind. So you might have a thought like, oh, hey, I should, um, you know, I should go run a couple miles today and, and get some exercise. <laughs> Bad example, maybe, but, you know, we're just making this up as we go. So, hey, I, I should go get some exercise today. It's like, oh, that's a good thought, right? But without any emotion or feeling injected into your thought, there's probably not a lot of action that's going to take place. But if you think to yourself, if you get all excited and say, you know what, if I exercise today, I'm going to feel great. I know I felt great the last time I exercised. I'm going to feel great. And my gosh, if I start my day off, get a little exercise and feel great, if that's the first thing I do, man, today's going to be a great day. I'm going to feel so jazzed up and enthusiastic about winning my day today if I can just get up out of bed at an early hour and run two miles. If you can somehow find a way, and by the way, I'm not you know, super passionate about running. I do enjoy it now. I didn't used to before, but I do enjoy it now. So it's easy for me to create a sense of excitement and, and, and positive feeling and emotion around this idea of going out and getting some exercise because I know how beneficial it is in my own life. But you have to step your thoughts up and inject some feeling or emotion to them because that's what's gonna drive action, especially as it pertains to your subconscious mind, right? Fourth key point here, auto-suggestion. There's an entire chapter on auto-suggestion. I believe if memory serves, it was chapter four, if I'm not mistaken. So if you wanna go back and revisit auto-suggestion in greater detail, please read that chapter. As Napoleon suggests, it's literally the keystone to the entire philosophy. So on 88, he says that consider now the principle of auto-suggestion, which is the medium by which you may put into operation your broadcasting station. Operation of your mental broadcasting station is a comparatively simple procedure. You have but three principles to bear in mind and to apply when you wish to use your broadcasting station. The subconscious mind, creative imagination, and auto-suggestion. The stimuli through which you put these three principles into action have been described. The procedure begins with desire. 
So what's interesting is all throughout this book, he's kind of anchoring us back to chapter two on desire. And he's trying to check us a little bit, which is what I'm trying to check you, you know, here on, which is, did you complete the six steps on desire back in chapter two? I mean, if you didn't put that into action, if you're not reading that every morning, if you're not reading that every evening before you go to bed, if you're not committing that to memory and reviewing it with emotion and feeling, you're missing out on a lot, <laughs> you know? You're missing out on a lot of this philosophy and many of these principles won't necessarily matter if you don't have a crystal clear idea of what it is that you want, right? So there's a success guide below. It's 88 pages. It contains the key points, contains the mind map here, which is really helping us on our journey as we go through the 15 chapters of Think and Grow Rich. It also has some thought-provoking questions and all the exercises within the book. So if you haven't done so already, please download the success guide. Go back to chapter two and literally write out your answers to the six steps on identifying what it is that you want. The six steps on desire, so critical here. So he's really checking us. Next key point here, intangible forces. I'm on page 188 now. And we're gonna bleed into 189 in a moment. He says, the greatest forces are intangible. Through the ages which have passed, man has depended too much upon his physical senses and has limited his knowledge to physical things which he could see, touch, weigh, and measure. All of us are controlled by forces which are unseen and intangible. The whole of mankind has not the power to cope with nor to control the intangible force wrapped up in the rolling waves of the ocean. Man has not the capacity to understand the intangible force of gravity, which keeps this little earth suspended in midair and keeps man from falling from it, much less the power to control that force. Man is entirely subservient to the intangible force, which comes with a thunderstorm, and he is just as helpless in the presence of the intangible force of electricity. Nay, he does not even know what electricity is, where it comes from, or what is its purpose. He does not understand the intangible force and intelligence wrapped up in the soil of the earth, the force which provides him with every morsel of the food he eats, every article of clothing he wears, every dollar he carries in his pocket. Man, with all of his boasted culture and education, understands little or nothing of the intangible force, the greatest of all the intangibles of thought. He knows but little concerning the physical brain and its vast network of intricate machinery through which the power of thought is translated into its material equivalent. But he is now entering an age which shall yield enlightenment on the subject. Again, this was written almost 100 years ago and now we have technology, fMRI machines. We know a lot more about the brain than we did back then, right? But there's still just massive amounts, massive amounts of, of mystery. I mean, look at it this way. We can, we've identified certain parts of your brain that we might call the command center, right? Like, you know, uh, lift up your hand, wave your hand around. Like if you literally do that right now, 
there's a certain area of your brain that we've identified as the control center, the control room, the command center. It's called the bridge, right? The bridge of your brain. It's been called that before. But none of us, none of us have ever once identified the commander. Show me, point out in my brain, your brain, anyone's brain on the planet, where's the commander? Where's the commander within the command center? You know, that may be one of life's greatest mysteries that we may, nev we may never, ever figure out. But it's fascinating to me. There's so much mystery still to this day, despite all the advances in technology and science and psychology, we're still nowhere close. So a pretty, pretty neat here, thing here. He's talking about these intangible forces and how we how he's recommending that we pay more attention to some of these intangible forces versus paying attention to the tangible forces with which our five senses depend upon alone, right? And the last key point I'll make here, and it's not really a key point, it's just more of an observation. On page 192, I believe this was written right in the wake of the depression, right? He says that the depression was a blessing in disguise. It reduced the whole world to a new starting point that gives everyone a new opportunity. And as I read through this again recently, you know, we're right in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic. And I believe that the entire world is going to go through a recessionary period here. So I'm not gonna comment on this necessarily, but I just wanted to throw it out there as an observation so you can, you can take it back and you can ponder over it. I'll read it again. I'm on page 192. He says that the depression was a blessing in disguise. It reduced the whole world to a new starting point that gives everyone a new opportunity. So I'll leave you with that thought. So I hope you enjoyed this video on chapter 13, The Brain. If you did, please like and share with anyone you think might benefit. Also, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future videos in the series. In the next video, we're going to be talking about chapter 14, The Sixth Sense. I look forward to seeing you and serving you in that video. Take care.